Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. As we close out 2016 and start a brand new year, we do well to see where we've been and where we may be headed when it comes to our religious freedoms. I can think of no better person to lead the way than Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, let's begin with the Dakota Access Pipeline. How is this a religious liberty issue? And it seems to be ending well, at least for now. What are your thoughts? I think it really is a religious liberty issue. The best description I can get of where it is now, though, is to quote Shakespeare, where he says, now is the winter of our discontent. <laughs> yes. The uh, demonstrators there, representing the Standing Rock Sioux tribe, have said that they will keep up their demonstration through the winter. Mm-hmm. And I've been to uh, the oh, Dakotas oh. a bit this year, and I know it was already cold when I was there. <laughs> it's going to be desperate. Yeah. But for them, this is desperate, because the way they see it, this pipeline, which is to go under the river, cuts across sacred ground. Yes, yes. I think in the conflict between traditional peoples and modern states, and I'm thinking about Australia as much as anything, there's been a little overuse of this because it's a pretty good thing to unleash to stop something you don't want. Mm -hmm. But that said, there's no question that in the U.S., historically, the, the rights and the sensibilities of Indian tribes have been just disregarded to the extreme. And I think they've drawn the line here because it's spiritually important to them. I'm guessing what will happen is this new administration will probably go ahead with it because uh, it's a business-oriented conservative group that are probably not going to be so swayed. But it's an interesting example for you to bring up because it's emblematic of religious sensibilities being swept away by uh, practical quote, considerations of the technological era where we just don't have time to think about people's feelings and sensibilities and, and their attitudes toward the divine. They're being swept away by money, Lincoln Steed. Right. As I said in another program, yes. follow the money. Yes, follow the money. Follow <laughs> Churches the money. are not immune to that either. Right. I mean, in That's this true. case, the tribes are not doing it for money. Right. But the tribes have, for money, compromised themselves on gambling, which has destroyed their... Uh, their cultures and in many ways uh, affected their religious sensibilities. So, but, you know, it's a good example of what's happened this last year because within the United States particularly, there's not a lot of what appear to be restrictions of religious liberty per se, but what's going on is a hardening of legal and public attitudes toward true religious sensibility and a willingness to use so-called religious freedom, to restrict other people's religious freedom. Right. You know, the big thing that's played out this last year in the U.S. has been the growing battle between gay and lesbian and transgender rights and Christian rights. And goodness knows, I think most Bible-believing Christians are uncomfortable with what our civil society has done and the rights that it has granted. You know, that's, that's a given. But now... Is it right to use you know, the whipping boy of, of religious freedom to limit other people, but even if it weren't limiting other people? My right now trumps all other rights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've said this on this program before, I'm very uncomfortable with the willingness of people of faith to use religious liberty 
to enable them to act in a very unchristian and uh, discriminatory manner toward other human beings. That's not religious liberty, but that's where we've been for nearly a year in the U.S. Mm -hmm. You know, I was reading something the other day that just made my heart sad, and it was someone talking about the leadership of his church. Uh, We're talking about the top leadership of his church, and he said, you know, we can't look to the top leadership of our church for true leadership because, you know, God can talk to me just as he can talk to someone else. If you take away the specialness of leadership, if you take away the sacredness of leadership, you're left with opinions, battling opinions, and doctrines go out the window, and you have chaos. Is the same kind of thing happening here in our country, where we do not trust the leadership of our country? Probably. But as you were explaining that, and I agree with your general point, but You know, there was a phenomenon in America that followed through on what you were saying, and that was called the Quakers. Yes, yes. You sat still and meditated, and and it was mainlining from you to heaven. That was all that mattered. Protestantism didn't directly emphasize leadership. It was Martin Luther and the others reacting to the leaders who had taken authority to themselves that really the Bible doesn't grant. You would hope, though, those that are leading out in any faith endeavor, exemplify the the principles of that profession. Unfortunately, in our day, that's not very often so. Mm -hmm. I don't think people are overly enamored with the personal story of their religious leaders now. Well, now, Lincoln, let me stop for a minute here. You operate Liberty Magazine in a building run by the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, okay? You You are in the leadership building. Shouldn't I, as a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, look to the General Conference for leadership? Shouldn't I trust what they say more than what I think? Up to a point, I understand that. But as far as... Let me give you my exception. Okay. The exception that I see in the modern world is is the Pope of Rome, but it's not because he's got great modeling... Well, after the fact, we see him modeling behavior, but he's become a... uh, a celebrity in his own right. Yes, yes. But generally speaking, I don't see in the modern world people emulating the leadership individual. They're not too accepting of the structure. Mm-hmm. You would think in the building that I work, the, the top leaders should exemplify what they stand for. But what if they don't? Are you going to leave the Adventist Church because a president of the General Conference leaves in shame, for example, which yeah. has happened? No, I'm not going to leave the church. I'm going to go inside and I'm going to destroy the church from the inside out with my discontent. Is that a better course? <laughs> <laughs> I go back to the Protestant thing. The way I see it, the Protestantism is the priesthood of every believer. Yes. We're spiritually responsible to God, not through a priest or a prelate or whatever. But things need to be done in good order. And since there's a body of people that think the same, it's of some organizational value to get together and pool our resources in in spreading the gospel to other people. That sort of necessitates structure and perhaps a head, although it can be done different ways. It could be a rotating chairmanship. It could be a group of elders. It doesn't have to be a leader or even designated leaders in the sense that these are exalted personages. But the human tendency, I think, everywhere in the U.S. is to sort of look on these people as icons, and yet we know how fragile iconic stature is, and we criticize them, and then we feel disillusioned. It's a funny sort of self-perpetuated situation we we put ourselves in. And that's exactly my point. You You have drilled it home here. This is the foundation 
issue that is facing so much in religious freedom today and religious liberty, especially in this country, and that is distrust of anyone but yourself, distrust of leadership, distrust of history. I'm right and everybody else is wrong, and if you don't believe what I believe, you are on the way out. That seems to be the driving force behind everything that's happening in the religious liberty world this last year. Would I be on the right track in saying that? Behind an awful lot, absolutely. You know, you and I are Seventh-day Adventists. Our church is not immune from these structural shifts and and distrust that are creeping in. In the nation as a whole, you know, very often people define religious liberty by court cases. There's been a lot going on, other than a few of these cases on gay rights or the attempts to restrict them from religious people. Mm -hmm. There have been a few cases in states where they've flipped in stuff again with the same uh, tendency to allow people of a narrow faith view to restrict their dealings or the access of others Mm -hmm. to health care and things like that. Mm -hmm. Where I think the real developments on religious liberty this last year have been have been overseas, Hmm. and and they're huge. The best of times, religious liberty or lack of around the world is like a dull background roar because 70% of the world live under conditions where their religious freedom is restricted. But the last year, the outright bloodletting of one faith toward another has just gotten to the level of the apocalypse. The nightmare of ISIS in Syria and Iraq and roll the way through to Turkey is an increasing crescendo. And where it will end, I don't know, but I've said it before. It's effectively the final expulsion of Christians from the Middle East. And not just chasing them out. The ones that get out are lucky. Mm -hmm. It's people being Mm -hmm. killed, beheaded, crucified, great abuses, physical, sexual abuse to young women and so on. It's just Almost the unthinkable is happening on a daily matter. And in Africa, the same uh, radicalism is is finding itself. You know, you've got to be honest. Most of it around the world is radical Islam. But it's not the only source of religious antagonism. All faith groups, and even some Christians against other Christians, yes, are currently guilty. But at the moment, comparing to another program we, we did another time, you have to say that this is analogous to the time of the Reformation when Islam is an existential threat politically and religiously to uh, the Western way of life and with it, the freedom of religion. So where do we go from here, Lincoln? What's the next step? How do we step into 2017 with any kind of confidence at all? Still, with all these threats, it can be secure in our environment if we insist upon religious freedom for all people. Mm. That's the only way. If we if we give in to the bloodletting and become part of the fracas, it's, it's not going to end well. Not at all. That means religious freedom for our neighbor, the new people that just moved in down the block. That means religious freedom for the, the people that want to build a mosque or a synagogue over by our Christian church. Right. Now, at the same time, you know, I have a personally a hard view, I think, on the civil laws should be trust and verify. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> in a civil society, you can't allow people of faith, in the name of their faith, to perpetrate uh, anything on their neighbors. So that needs to be uh, dealt with very severely. But those are civil laws. They've mm-hmm. always existed. Mm-hmm. But as far as respecting people's faith, We need to uh, give them the right to hold it, believing that their right is as great as our own, not just tolerance, but this is the stuff of a continued civil society. What is the one thing that happened in 2016, Lincoln, that brings you joy, that, that brings you hope? One thing. You have 60 seconds. Well, the one thing is that 
with the world going up in flames, a lot of mumbling and grumbling here, but we still have continued religious freedom in practice. Amen. You know, there, there are isolated spots of intolerance and of bigotry and so on, but still the United States and indeed the most of the Western world are islands of stability and freedom and of spiritual tolerance and understanding of their fellows. It's holding, but, you know, the stresses are so great. Mm-hmm. And, and there are so many wild cards that could pop up, like economic collapse. We know, as a matter of history, if we have an economic collapse where people are hard-pressed to feed themselves and their families, then intolerance will just spike yes. quickly. Yes. Well, given the, the situation of the world, that intolerance could turn into a bloody confrontation very quickly. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. LibertyMagazine.org is the website. Our time is up. Until next time. This is Charles Mills, along with Lincoln Steed, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today.